0: A great day for Talk Radio. It's Friday, and, uh, you know, we're looking at the situation stateside. Obviously, implications for us here in Canada, and, man, it's just so toxic and polarized. I wonder what Abe Lincoln would think when, he, you know, he famously said at one point, a house divided cannot stand. I got my own house divided right about now. I got some rental work being done. The guy's at 310 Reno. Now, right next door to me, the guy is doing his whole house, and it's just been totally destroyed. That's like... No, they're saying about a year, a year and change to finally build this thing back to some semblance of being uh, a domicile that you can live in. But, uh, you know, I think that's one of the things about a renovation. It's disruptive and uh, it needn't be necessarily as much as it is in a lot of cases. If the people who are on site know about uh, making everything sealed. In fact, the guys who are working on my site from 310 Reno, they're hermetically sealed in those two rooms. And uh, I don't even know they're there sometimes. You know, they put the plastic up and uh, everything. The cat can hear some banging through the walls, and it flips him out a little bit. But other than that, uh, everything is done tickety-boo, which is, I I guess, another hallmark of their professionalism. As I keep saying, I like the, uh, the way that they telegraph to me. They are true pros, really, from the inception and the planning stages and everything and the drawings, and they got everything codified. They do work according to code nothing slipshod about it because that would be illegal and they don't uh they actually maintain you wouldn't want somebody who's working illegally in your home so there you go the guys at 310 reno you want to give them a call for your project that's charles or mike just dial 310 reno 310 7366 no area code required i think it was lincoln who said a house divided cannot stand let's find out the historian of note and our friend the author and commentator conrad black has joined us here on the oakley show good afternoon conrad Good afternoon, John. All right. So uh, I'm right so far as the polarization of the State of the Union. I've got to ask because, Donald... I, I, I have to say,
1: John, Mr. Lincoln said that two years before the Civil War on the issue of a third of the states being slave states... And, uh, of course, that country could not continue half-slave and half-free, and it took a horrible war that killed 750,000 Americans in a population smaller than Canada is today to end it. We're not talking about anything like that now.
0: No, but there is a polarization, you would say. Uh, Would you agree with that much?
1: Yeah, and and I'll I'll summarize it for you if you like. It is that the, the Democrats would not accept the result of the last presidential election and so they have conflated the complete myth, the conjuration that there was some collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign with the legitimate but overrated issue, grossly overrated issue of Russia fiddling in the American election, where they spent approximately ten million dollars on ineffectual Facebook Facebook ads in a campaign where the two main parties for president alone spent two and a half billion dollars.
0: So Conrad, you know, this whole thing, the fallout from the meeting in Helsinki, uh, where in some cases it just went so overboard, they jumped the shark. I mean, you had people on certain cable channels talking about this approximating Kristallnacht, the kickstart of the Holocaust or Pearl Harbor. It was like they're losing their minds. And so uh, it's that Putin has been painted as being so toxic, what do you think the better uh, approach to him would be, or is Trump going about it the right way to engage or to isolate
1: i, I think we 've got to separate two issues here. one is the the, the direct s- small but because of the implications in american politics important question of of Russia meddling in the u s election and I think what Trump has to do, and he 's largely done it is uh, and by the way, I don't think he really did anything particularly wrong at, at Helsinki. He just should have been a little more careful. He effectively was saying he thought Putin's version was closer to the truth than the former uh, intelligence directors Brennan and and uh, Clapper. And he's probably right. Those men lied under oath to Congress, and, and in the end they're going to pay for that. But uh, But we have to separate it out, and what you should have is some sort of statement that uh, from Trump, that he accepts as he does that the intelligence agencies are correct that there was some Russian activity, he has made it forcefully clear to Putin that it won't be tolerated, and he should, if possible, have an exchange with Putin even semi informally, that neither side will intervene in the internal affairs of the other, and, and and then get on with with dealing with relations with Russia. And on that issue, we should keep in mind that country. Is not the Soviet Union rolled? It's a basket case. It has a GDP smaller than Canada. It, ha- it has less than half the population it had 30 years ago, and and it is going nowhere economically. And uh, and all it has is some natural resources that it can export to Europe, Western Europe. But it does have a nuclear arsenal, which, while by no means comparable to the American one, is the second largest in the world. And the danger with Russia is it is a proud country, and it's right to be. It's a great civilization. And if you rebuff it too harshly, you'll drive it into the arms of the Chinese. So Trump, actually, because it, it is proud, it is susceptible, and could easily be bribed. And American goodwill is worth more to it than these ridiculous uh, interventions and adventures they're having with the Iranians. So he, he, sh- he should entice the Russians towards the West without any surrenders of principle, and he can do it, but he's got to get the media office back in the United States, and that requires, I'm afraid, the midterm elections to confirm that all this bunk about collusion and, and impeachment and all of that is nonsense and let the president get on with his job.
0: Conrad Black with us, author, commentator, and historian. On the matter of Trump and trade, you know, uh, the signals that have gone forward have caused uh, apoplexy here in Canada because, you know, the automotive industry is so integral to our economy. What do you think his endgame is on trade? I mean, he's talking tariffs and even both sides of the border, all the unions and uh, are appealing to Wilbur Ross and saying, come on, talk some sense into this guy. Where is he going with this?
1: Yeah, I know. I know Wilbur fairly well, and I don't think he listened to labor unions for, the leaders for very long. But the, uh, I mean, he's a real old-time capitalist. But I, I think the, um, uh, I think he, uh, the issue with Canada was he was annoyed at Justin saying what he said at his press conference after Trump had left the conference in Quebec. Uh, but but uh, the fact is, I, he does not have any great grievance against Canada and the. Uh, Well, there's some dispute about the balance of accounts between the two countries. The sums, from the American standpoint, aren't large. Uh, I mean, they're in close balance. The imbalance, if there is one, is, is, is not serious. His grievances with China and the Europeans and, to some degree, Japan and Mexico and um and and i think it can all be settled down for a time it looked like justin might play the old anti-american card we won't be pushed around and so on canadians like that but the danger became quite clear when trump started talking about a 270 percent tax on dairy products or you know protective tariff on dairy products and and then and then saying well, you know why do you make your own people pay five times what they should for a glass of milk. Martha Hall Finley ran on that for the provincial leadership. Maxine Bernier ran on that issue for the federal conservative leadership. But if the president of the United States starts saying it, it is going to, it is going to be absolute dynamite for the Liberal Party seeking re-election federally next year. So I think that has settled Justin down. Trump really has no complaint about Canada or about Trudeau personally. And I, I think if you just leave it to the experts, they will work it out. It's going to be more difficult on the southern side of NAFTA with Mexico because so it gets into immigration issues. But but with with Canada and the U.S., i, I bet you, and I, I, I bet your listeners, that before the end of the year, the trade wonks, who are the only people who can talk sensibly about trade, it's such a horribly complicated subject. Just in, in camera, between themselves, no publicity, will work it out between Canada and the U.S.
0: Again, Conrad, uh, Justin's getting some pushback as well internally here, domestically. Uh, for example, the premier is meeting in New Brunswick, Doug Ford, Scott Moe and uh, perhaps some others, you know, from Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland, rebelling against this carbon tax idea and if Kenny wins out west in Alberta uh, next summer, it looks like that could really tilt the balance when it comes to the election of 2019. Now, can the premiers win on this because this is a signature piece of legislation for Justin Trudeau?
1: I think they can. I think it is insane. I've always said it was insane. Uh, uh, there's no excuse for carbon tax. There's no environmental excuse, and there's no revenue excuse. If you want to raise the price of gasoline, uh, go ahead and raise it. But call it what it is, and don't try and claim you're doing it to save the world.
0: Fair enough. Conrad, it's always a pleasure. I wish you a nice weekend.
1: Same to you. It should be lovely, uh, lovely weather around here, and all the best to you
0: and your listeners, John. Thank you so much. Right. We'll talk again. Conrad Black, noted author, commentator, and historian.